It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Dr. Lawrence Barkman, uh, former North London GP, former chair of the British Medical Association GP's Committee. Good morning to you once again, Lawrence. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's a very strange day for an awful lot of people. I mean, even me, and I've been in lockdown effectively for the last week, like many people have, uh, because I've been in isolation for having, you know, having got the virus. Um, it's it's a, quite a shock to realise that, you know, this is it. This is what life's going to be like for weeks on end, a minimum of three weeks. Um, just want to ask you, do you think this has happened soon enough? We're told that the Prime Minister has been following the science and there's quite a key thing about the point at which you put the country in lockdown and getting the 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 best effect from it do you think he's acted soon enough i think i think the science suggests he probably has yes i think um you look at other countries that lock down quicker and um their their, their rates are not that different to us so it clear up to this point so it clearly hasn't made a material difference what they've been doing. You can't really compare countries terribly much because their age, their age of the populations are different and the health services are different. Everything's different. So, but I think as far as one can tell, we seem to be doing things at roughly the right pace. I would be one of the first people to come out of the starting blocks and say if I thought somebody would messed up. Uh, and I don't yeah. think they have. I think it's been reasonable. Yeah, this idea that the Prime Minister is being sort of dragged along to these measures because of his sort of libertarian sensibilities. But I have to say, I'm, I'm rather encouraged by having a, a Prime Minister and a government that doesn't leap at, uh, at, at curtailing all of our hard-won democratic freedoms, um, uh, you know, just on, on a whim and, and at the first opportunity. Because there is a lot of evidence that you can only do the proper lockdown once and you have to get the maximum benefit from it. Um, and, and that does mean, and again... People don't like talking about it. They think it's harsh, but it's the reality of this, this disease is you, you have to develop a level of herd immunity. You have to spread the virus among enough people in the community, in the population who are healthy otherwise, before you can go into lockdown. Uh, I think to some extent that's true, although I don't think herd immunity is the goal. Herd immunity no, is the inevitable and welcome outcome. But it's not that it's not that you don't plan for herd immunity. It's what no. you end up with. No, I think... The difference between our Prime Minister and some other leaders uh, is that ours has been flanked by experts every time he's opened his mouth virtually, apart from last night. Uh, and um, the, the other leaders have not been so. It's been political decisions and it's been decisions to look like leaders. 
whereas he's actually done it because the experts have said, we think you should do this now and we think you should do that now. And he appears, as far as one can tell, to be listening yeah. to them. Um, and what do you make of the, the specific restrictions then? So people can go to work if they are a key worker. I think it was rather unclear what the Prime Minister actually said, but guidance issued since then. Again, I'm, I'm cross that there was anything unclear. If you cannot work from home and your work is essential, you can go to work, but otherwise you may not. You can leave your home to buy essential food and medicines or, or, or hardware supplies in an emergency. You can leave your home to exercise once a day, but no gathering of more than two people uh, in public. That includes weddings, christenings, and obviously very limited numbers of people, just immediate family for funerals. Um, do, what do you make of the, the, the decision that people can leave their homes to exercise? I think if that's not ignored, like it clearly was on the weekend, um, then if, if people really do understand you're going out to exercise on your own or with your immediate family members and nobody else, and you don't gather with other people, if people follow that, then I think it's quite reasonable advice. I mean, it's the nearest thing to a, a to staying indoors continuously to house arrest, effectively. It's the nearest thing that you're going to see, I think. Uh, the next move would be house arrest, uh, would be that everybody has to stay at home indoors or in their back garden if they have one. Um, I'm, I don't think we would want to go that far. No, indeed. And what do you make, just finally, of the, the former health secretary, Jeremy Hunt, who has said that actually it was a mistake for the government to not continue testing after March the 13th. That was actually the date that I got infected. Um, one million people are now likely to be infected with coronavirus um, by next week. Uh, and yet the government has no idea who they are because they stopped the community testing. Was that the wrong decision? That decision was based on the fact they didn't have enough tests. In I which think. case they had to prioritise. But they, but they, is the argument surely that they, they should have had enough tests. They, they had a month's notice. Uh, yes, they should, and they didn't. And um, you know, we can all be amazingly clever with hindsight. Yes, they should have bought more tests, and no, they didn't buy enough, and they should have done. But they didn't, and we're where we are now. So I think going backwards, I mean, he's right, but I, I don't think it helps anybody to, to make a big fuss about that now. It's too late. OK, Dr. Lawrence Buckman, former chair of the BMA GP's committee and North Honor GP, thank you very much indeed. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Let's uh, speak to Conservative MP, former International Trade Secretary, Dr. Liam Fox, who joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, these are unprecedented times. Um, I, I have to say, I think most of us watching that address by the Prime Minister last night at 8.30, we're just sort of sitting in sort of gobsmacked silence uh, with our families, uh, realising how much life is going to change. Um, do you believe that the Prime Minister has acted soon enough, taking the country into lockdown? Yes, because the whole aim was to get people to voluntarily obey the guidelines to make sure that there was enough social distancing. In other words, that we, uh, in effect, reduced the population density and the chance of the virus spreading. But what became very clear over the weekend was that there was a proportion of the population, maybe a very small proportion of the population, who nonetheless were behaving irresponsibly and not abiding by the guidelines. And that puts a lot of people at risk. And people, I, I still think, maybe don't quite understand that in this uh, outbreak, uh, a large proportion of people, especially if you look at the data coming from other countries like Italy, uh, will actually 
could actually be incubating the disease with no symptoms at all or very mild symptoms. And they could be passing that on to many uh, more vulnerable members of society, such as the elderly or the chronically sick. And I think that the uh, people have not really understood that it's not about whether they themselves actually get coronavirus. It's whether they might be transmitting that on to other people as well. It's, yes, it's not about just you, and I think it's very important to get that message across. But isn't that part of the problem, that there has been some rather confused mixed messaging? We even got mixed messages this morning. I've got the government uh, detail that was published last night about which exactly, which premises uh, are allowed to stay open and which aren't. And there is still an awful lot of confusion. The fact that Mike Ashley at Sports Direct thought that uh, he could count as a, uh, as, a uh, as an essential provider of goods as for sportswear and things and sports equipment, given that people are allowed to continue to exercise that shows that the messaging is not clear enough. No wonder it's not getting through. Well, I think the basic message is very clear, uh, which is we have a major viral outbreak. It is ca- it's claiming lives. It is actually causing a huge amount of serious illness, including, I have to say, in some younger people. Some of the data, again, coming out of the Italian uh, sets of data, suggests that 12% of all those in intensive care are between 19 and 50 um, so it's not just older people who are getting it. So I think that people need to understand. I think maybe we have to get across some of these actual figures about who's being hospitalized, who's going to yeah. intensive care, not just mortality figures. Mortality figures can be a bit distorting. And of course, uh, there's a, a level of self-interest in business, as you would expect, uh, wanting to, to stay open, wanting to stay open to serve the public. But clearly, uh, we, we must try to minimize the amount of person-to-person contact that we have. Um, what about the concerns that actions should have been taken sooner? And it's a, a prime minister who has such sort of, you know, like you, very sort of liberal uh, attitudes, a libertarian attitude to, uh, to you know, personal freedom from the nanny state. And that actually that has perhaps persuaded the prime minister to delay a lockdown longer than some people think it should have happened. Well, the, the key thing is whether people are actually obeying the rules in terms of personal spacing, if that can be done voluntarily, so much the better. Um, And you would hope that in an educated, sophisticated Western society, people would understand the message clearly, um, having tried to get people voluntarily to cooperate. Enough of a proportion, we're not doing so to provide a public health risk. And that's particularly true where you've got high population densities. If you're looking at London, for example, of the 20 districts uh, or boroughs across the United Kingdom with the highest population density, all 20 are in London. 24 out of the top 30 are in London. Uh, And so you can see why London perhaps has a higher number of cases and why uh, in areas such as that you do need to get this population lockdown to be able to bring that number of personal contacts down to a level that will actually control the spread of the virus. Um, just finally, um, we're, we're going to see this re- legislation reviewed and this, this order to lock down in three weeks' time. No one thinks it's going to last just the three weeks. We could be looking at m- up to May or June. The police, by all accounts, have been told to prepare for this to last for six months. Do you think the country can cope with many months under lockdown? Well, the choice may be to uh, actually uh, follow those instructions or see many more people become sick and die. And it's a question, I think, of uh, cohesion as communities. Uh, We have to understand that in order to protect 
people in this country, we have to make some sacrifices. Uh, of course, there's a, a medical race to get to uh, more immunization, to, or, or to, to develop a, a, a relevant immunization, or to be able to test more widely so that we can find out those patients who have had a coronavirus but have been asymptomatic. Um, all, all these are the tools that we will be able to deploy in determining how long it needs to last. But for the moment, it's very clear this is a, an unfortunate situation we're in. A lot of us have never had any of the restrictions on our liberty like this before. But the question is, what's the value we place on the uh, safety uh, and indeed the lives of our fellow citizens? OK, well, thank you very much for joining us, Dr Liam Fox, Conservative MP, former International Trade Secretary. Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Know your times. I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Gove, Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster and Minister for No Deal Brexit Planning. Good morning to you, sir. Hi, good morning, Julia. Uh, good morning. Oh, well, I mean, it is an extraordinary day, the first day of Britain in lockdown. We are in peacetime and yet an extraordinary national emergency. There's an awful lot of confusion, though, about who these restrictions apply to. And a lot of people getting yeah. in touch with me. Um, when we're told that people can only go out to work um, if it is essential, do you mean only key workers or can people who've still been going about their job but it cannot be done from home lots of jobs are like that like construction workers like can they yes. continue to go out to work yes um obviously there are a group of people whose um, work is absolutely vital um for uh the future of the country and um, for keeping us all safe people who are working in the nhs in the social care sector and otherwise they're people who we've uh, classified as key workers they're people whose children can go to school to enable them, uh, their parents, to go to work. Uh, there are also other people who will find it difficult to work from home um, and uh, who need to be in a particular setting, in a factory um, or on a construction site in order to continue to work. Uh, they can continue to work, um, uh, but wherever possible, people should stay at home. If you can work from home, you should every possible circumstance. And what about the self-employed? They've been given no choice, many of them. They are unable to get any work, being told to stay at home. When are they going to get the help they need to make sure they can stay at home and keep themselves, their families and other people safe? We've had help for employees. We've had help for um, businesses, but no help yet for the five million people who've got off their backside, started a business and now face getting nothing other than 94 quid a week statutory sick pay. More will be announced to help the um, uh, self-employed and people when? in the position that you described later. When? We've been told that for a week. When? Uh, the chance will be saying more later. Later today? Uh, uh, we need to make sure that uh, everything that we're doing today in order to safeguard the health of the nation is being followed. More announcements will follow in due course. Okay, well, let's also talk about some clarity for um, parents of, of children who have broken up. Obviously, uh, if you're separated, if you're divorced, children often swap their sometime yes. with one parent and with the other. There's been some uh, confusion about whether or not that would yes. be essential or non-essential travel. Can you reassure parents in that circumstance what they are allowed to do? Yes, it is the case that um, uh, if you are divorced or separated, then it can be the case that children living with one parent can move to see the other parent as well.
Okay. Um, now, there's been there also some confusion among some uh, business owners who think that their work is essential. The owner of Sports Direct, Mike Ashley, he'd said this morning uh, that he was going to open his stores. People want to uh, carry on their exercise. You've been told mm. by Boris Johnson they can. Um, do you believe that Sports Direct, uh, I mean, they've announced now that they will now close the stores today. Uh, will they have to be ordered not to open their stores? Um, they have decided to close their stores. That's the right decision. Okay. Um, do you think there'll be other companies that perhaps need to be uh, given some sort of moral persuasion that they are not as essential as they think they are? If there are companies and people who are not uh, following the guidance, uh, then we will say so. And if they persist in not following the guidance, steps will be taken. Okay. Now, you've said all along, and the Prime Minister said all along, you're following the science. There has been a lot of criticism, that perhaps moving too slow, although not criticism from the, the, the scientists at the top level who, who have been advising the Prime Minister, which is encouraging for those of us trusting this. Um, the former Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has said that in particular we've uh, made the wrong call in this country in terms of mm. testing. 13th of March, actually the day that myself and all my family got infected with the virus, mm. you stopped testing across the board, community testing, not doing what sounds career had done keeping track tracking mm. down people uh, containing the virus was that a mistake well i think the approach that we've taken to testing has been to follow scientific advice and we're increasing the number of tests that are available different countries have different testing regimes uh, we're guided as as you, as you said julia by um what the, the medical and uh, uh scientific authorities say to us but what we want to do is to increase the level of testing that's available and also to bring on board new tests which mean that we can uh, uh, absolutely reassure people that uh, uh, they have had the virus, that their uh, health uh, uh, and immunity is there and that they can return to work safely. Um, and focusing on increasing testing is absolutely the centre of what we're doing. But was it a mistake to not continue with community testing? Well, I think uh, we live in a robust democracy. Different people have different views. Um, it will be the case that um, uh, when we get through this, that people will be able to look back and uh, make their own judgment about each of these decisions. But at the moment, what we're focused on doing is doing everything we can to reduce the spread of infection. And that means making sure that the measures that the Prime Minister announced last night to deal with this national emergency are observed and followed. OK, if you're doing everything you can, will that include telling the uh, London Mayor, Sadiq Khan, to reopen tube stations and tube services so we don't see the images we're still seeing this morning of key workers, those who have to work, going into work on packed trains simply because there aren't enough trains because the Mayor has reduced the service? Will you be telling him that this is actually against the health advice for allowing people to sit separately from each other during peak hours? I know that the Transport Secretary and the Prime Minister and the Mayor have been talking in order to ensure that we can have the drivers in place to make sure that we can have a service that limits uh, the need for people to be crammed one against the other on the tube. So that means that there will be a, a return to more tube services to keep people in London safe? The conversation is going on at the moment in order to make sure that we get the best possible tube service. OK, now, as a former education secretary, it's really how you made your name for many people in this country following politics. Um, second day today that schools are mm. either operating remote learning or children are working from home, homeschooled, you know, God help those parents. Um, are you concerned that we are going to see um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of children falling behind? It's very sad some aren't going to get to show their best work in their GCSEs and their A-levels, mm. but there'll be millions of children, primary school and secondary school, missing out on crucial months of education. 
education and that we could be uh, seeing our, our education sort of turned back in time. What are you doing to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, you're absolutely right. It's vitally important that people uh, that uh, uh, keep their children at home unless their children are vulnerable or they are key workers. Um, it is also the case that schools are doing everything possible in order to ensure that uh, children have the material that they need to learn. Um, I've got two children in state schools. Um, uh, both of them uh, due to do GCSEs next year and A-levels next year, and they're being given the course material by their schools to follow that up. Julia, okay. I have to go. Now. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you very much indeed, uh, Michael. Go very much. Appreciate you joining us once again, of course. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.